0: Restrictions apply.
1: Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios.
2: Honda makes the cars, Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com.
1: WBNSFM HD1 Columbus, the fan. The fan is live and local on Sunday morning. And if you're thinking this is another show talking about gambling and fantasy football rosters, you'd be 100% correct. Will you teach me to football? This, this is On the Money with Scotty Vegas and Dave Biddle. Here will teach you to football.
2: Sponsored by Mobile Center, taking care of all your cellular needs. Mobile Center is now
1: part of the 5GT
2: mobile network. And Bud Light, America's favorite light lager
3: welcome to on the money i am Dave biddle i am joined by scott prokop we like to call him scotty vegas we have producer Bodie wells at the controls this is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling scotty vegas how you doing this morning my friend
4: i'm great dave and i'm telling you right now we are calling this money making sunday because i'm looking at the nfl board and there's a lot out there i like we're going to make some money today
3: I love it. I love it. We're going to talk plenty of college football, Ohio State football. But first thing, let's get into our top story on the show here, which is all of the injuries that are affecting fantasy football already. The Raheem Mostert situation is interesting. He is out for the year with a knee injury. He was a guy taken relatively early in draft. People thought, myself included, he would be the lead back for the 49ers. And here's where it gets interesting. The Niners came out, and they said he'd probably be out eight weeks. Doesn't need surgery. He got a second opinion from outside the organization and he opted for season ending surgery so that's interesting Um, really good news for anyone who picked up a guy that I had never heard of Elijah Mitchell who was a sixth round pick from Louisiana Lafayette this year Uh, he got the ball last week after Mostert went out 19 carries 104 yards and a touchdown that means Trey Sermon who they took in the third round has already been passed by a fellow rookie Elijah Mitchell your thoughts on, on the controversy there and the fact that Mitchell's ahead of Sermon
4: well, first off, I think you know everybody was rushing to the waiver wire uh, to grab Mitchell as, as quickly as they could, right? I mean, it was about if you're in an auction league, how much do you spend to get him? And look, I think you spend a lot to get him because this 49ers team is so good at running the football that I feel like you could almost plug anyone into that system and they will score fantasy points in the running back position for the 49ers. So Elijah Mitchell, who you and I both, neither one of us had heard of him, uh, a six-round pick, it's a great situation for him. But here's the deal with with Trey Sermon. He was a healthy scratch last week. I'm pretty sure going forward, Trey Sermon is going to be a huge factor for the 49ers. So I think Elijah Mitchell had a big week one. I think Trey Sermon will be a huge factor as we go forward.
3: I agree. It looks like it's going to be those two rookies for the Niners. Um, so we'll see what happens. They cannot afford another injury at running back. Let's give an update on Odell Beckham Jr. He is out today for the Browns. I think Cleveland's going to be okay uh, in their game yes. against the Texans. Right here on 97.1, the fan, by the way, Cleveland Browns. And But it's a concern because they're saying maybe he's going to return. This is for Mary Kay Cabot with Cleveland.com saying maybe he's going to return next week. But much like, we'll get into Saquon Barkley in a second, much like Saquon, I mean, OBJ is now 10 months removed from an ACL. And, you know, Him coming back next week would be good. How effective is he going to be? You know, it's something to watch. Then again, though, the Browns have played so well without him dating back to last year. So who knows? You definitely want to get him back, though.
4: Yeah, you have to get him back. I mean, if the goal now, obviously, for this Browns team is Super Bowl. Look, coming off last week, I know it's a really disappointing loss to the Chiefs but the expectations for me got even a little bit higher than they were uh going into the season because of how well they played in that game. I know they, they they made some big mistakes down the stretch and lost the football game, but that to me, that game last week against the Chiefs solidified that this is a legit Super Bowl contender because they should have probably won on the road at Kansas City Uh and, and Odell Beckham is going to be a huge part of the story and if they're going to reach that goal of a Super Bowl, he's got to be on this team and play Healthy.
3: Yeah, I was so impressed with the Browns. I almost compared it. You know, we'll get to uh, some of the NFL stuff. You know, um, with or excuse me, some of the college stuff with Florida giving Alabama a game. The Browns was even more impressive because it wasn't like they came back from behind to make it a good game and give them a scare. They were bludgeoning them for a while. They were. The Chiefs had to come back, and I mean. I tell you what, I know no moral victories in football, right? Maybe, maybe this is the exception to that rule for you to go into Kansas city and the chiefs are flat out lucky to win that game. Brown's covered. Um, you know, you gotta be feeling really good if you're a Browns fan and now you're going to be favored in a ton of games going forward, a ton of games. I think like the next 10 weeks, right? They're supposed to be favored like the next 10 weeks as we outlined a couple weeks ago on the show. Um, so yeah, you gotta be feeling very good if you're a Browns fan. You also gotta be feeling good. to get to play the Texans today. Um, as mentioned, Saquon Barkley, I, I read an inter- interesting story um, out of New York about this. Obviously, still not 100%. He, he was able to play in the opener, but wasn't very effective. If you took him early in fantasy drafts, you're probably thinking, what was I thinking? Um, he is still not 100%. And they're saying he might not be until about midseason and maybe not all year. That's a problem. You know, That's a problem. I mean, we, this guy is a fantastic back one, healthy, but... Uh, this is not an Adrian Peterson situation where he comes back and it looks like nothing ever happened. Uh, he, they're saying not till midseason is he going to be 100% and that's best case scenario. He might not be 100% all year.
4: This is why you and I talked about this, uh, b- before people were doing their fantasy drafts. He was, he was kind of that, that guy that you didn't know what to do with him, right? I mean, I had pick number eight and I was like, well, Gosh, I mean, the talent is there that I could take Barkley at eight, but I wasn't, it, for me, it wasn't worth the risk of a first round pick with Barkley. And so I, I ended up, uh, pivoting and, go, and going Travis Kelsey instead. Cause he, he was the lock, you know, Barkley is the question mark. The talent is there, right? We saw him play a little bit on Thursday night and when he's playing, he can be really effective, but. With the question mark week to week to week, that's just not a way to live in fantasy football. And so it's frustrating. Um, You know, he he absolutely could put up some games where he has big numbers. But to me, he's not going to get the touches, the amount of opportunity to put up the big points this year.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, in the same leg you're talking about, I had the 10th pick. You had the 8th pick. I had the 10th pick and I didn't expect Barkley to fall there. Then he did. I was just hoping Najee Harris fell to 10th because everybody's taking running backs except for you. You were the first one to go off the board and take a tight end. Everybody's taking running backs in the first round. I'm thinking hopefully Najee Harris gets here. He did, but Barkley was there too. Then afterwards, I was thinking, did I do a little bit of an overcorrection there? Now I'm happy. You never know how it's going to work out. I mean, Najee Harris could get hurt today, and it's not like he was tearing it up in week one, but I'm now I'm happy I took Harris over Barkley, given all the reports that Barkley is far from 100%. All right, last thing in news and notes here from Fantasy Football, Jerry Judy out at least four to six weeks for the Broncos with the dreaded high ankle sprain. Michael Thomas last year. We can go on and on and on. This is a problem. I mean, a high ankle sprain means that you've, like, messed some ligaments up there. And, you know, they're saying four to six weeks, but this is another thing. They're saying he's not going to be 100% at any point this season. It's going to linger. It's one of those injuries that will for sure linger, especially for a wide receiver. That's a problem if you're a Jerry Judy owner.
4: Yeah, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. And look, this is a Denver Bronco team that I think could surprise this year. They looked pretty good in week one. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I, I think is, is off to a really nice start. Uh, what it does though is it makes these other Broncos receivers and, and Noah Fant more valuable mm-hmm. and Hamler more valuable. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a rough go for Judy, but I do like the Broncos going forward and I, I like this offense a little bit.
3: All right, let's switch gears. Get into Buckeye football. It was Ohio State forty-one, Tulsa twenty yesterday. Doesn't seem like too bad of a final score, if you just said that. I mean, Buckeyes, the line dropped to twenty-four and a half. You know, they won by twenty-one. All is good, right? No, <laughs> they're trailing six to three in the second quarter. They're they're only up by seven at one point in the fourth quarter. They allow f- this. Quarterback for Tulsa, who's average at best to throw for over 400 yards. Tulsa had 501 yards of total offense. Yeah, it was Matt Barnes calling the defense. Carey comes up in the box. I mean, it felt like, you know, rearranging the deck chairs after you crash into the iceberg. I mean, I, I didn't see any improvement on defense at all. It's disappointing. It, it's one of those, you know, yeah, they won by 21 and we're going to be negative. Yes, yes, we are, because it wasn't a typical 21-point win. And all the talk about improving the defense, I didn't see it.
4: Yeah, coming into this game, the spread was, uh, 25, 24 and a half, 25 in that territory. And to be honest, Dave, I, I loved betting Ohio State going into this game thinking this is a get right game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is not a good Tulsa team. This was a good right, get right spot and they didn't take advantage of it. Uh, you know, and here, these numbers, if you go back and you look at these numbers, they're, they're, Wild, right? The fact that Tulsa had 25 first downs, 501 yards of offense, this is even more disgusting, 428 passing yards, and they were averaging six yards per play. Six yards per play. The one thing in, in sports gambling that you'll look at when you're kind of trying to assess which way to handicap a game is yards per play, and the fact that Ohio State was giving up six yards of play to Tulsa is just horrendous I mean very frustrating I will say one positive boy Travion Henderson oh my god 24 carries 277 yards and three touchdowns from him a lot of fun to watch him Uh, everything else I wanted to cover my eyes
3: he is not just a really good player he's elite he will go down I think (laughs) this is have to take a pause before I say this. He's going to go down as one of the best running backs in Ohio State history. He is, if he stays healthy. He he, he is special, and we've seen guys that have the number one player in the country accolade at their position or overall that come in. They're not even close to that. Um, he came in as, as the number one running back in the country, and you can see why he's got the burst. He's bulked up. He was like one hundred ninety-five pounds his junior year of high school didn't play his senior year because uh, they pushed the season to the spring and he enrolled early at ohio state he's two, 210 pounds now and he looks just as faster faster that's the mickey marati effect and he breaks rt griffin's freshman r- rushing record single game third highest total in ohio's history ohio state history behind only trey sermon last year and then eddie george his heisman year of 1995 it's incredible and yeah, there were some times where, you know, he had a you know pretty big hole and he was able just to just kind of get some quote unquote easy yards. A lot of time he was making guys miss, breaking tackles, showing that speed and agility. He is special. Uh feel good about that, Buckeye fans. You know, but looking forward, and we're gonna talk more about Ohio State football and look around college football, but just one more thing on the Buckeyes. I don't know, man. I mean, you look around, I mean, Alabama struggled yesterday. If they can just find a way to improve You know, they can't just improve a little bit if they can improve moderately on defense and this offense can turn into be the elite offense. that has the potential to be. It's not there right now, but it has the potential to be an elite offense. Um, Where are you at with Ohio State's chances of making the CFP and perhaps winning the national title? I'm not very optimistic right now.
4: Well, here's what I'm looking at going into the season. We looked at the Big Ten and and we looked at Ohio State's schedule and we're like, well, this isn't going to be that tough of a run to get to 12 and 0 and get to the the Big Ten championship game. And boy, were we wrong because look at this Big Ten East now and it might be the best division in football because look, Penn State with a big win last night over Auburn. You got a Michigan team that honestly and I hate to say it looks fantastic right now. Just absolutely destroyed Northern Illinois which it's Northern Illinois, but they put up 63 points in three quarters did Michigan and then another team Team on the schedule who you and I both were down on, but Michigan State is really showing this year. The, the fact that they're, they not only beat Miami yesterday, but they destroyed Miami yesterday, 38-17. That's a good team. And by the way, Rutgers doesn't suck this year. Maryland's got a little bit of game. This Big Ten East is tough and that's going to be a gauntlet for ohio state to go through with a lot of question marks especially on defense but a lot of question marks with ohio state man this is going to be a tough
3: road the only team in the big 10 east that didn't get it done yesterday <clears throat> excuse me it was indiana i was thinking okay uh, indiana is an underdog at home cincinnati's good but in- indiana yeah they had that first game against iowa but there's two pick sixes i mean they got blown out out against iowa but a lot went wrong for them in that game and I was really good. Um, I was thinking Indiana was going to win that game straight up. And early on, I'm thinking, got it. 14 nothing. And I, trust me, I like Luke Fickle a lot more than Tom Allen. So even though I was wrong, uh, in the final score, I kind of like seeing Luke Fickle, um, win that game, but I had Indiana on the money line. I thought that they were going to win that game outright. And when they're up 14 nothing, I'm thinking, Here we go, Indiana. And Indiana, it wasn't just that they're up four. It was like they should have been up 21 nothing. Yeah. I mean, they were dominating early. Cincinnati took their punch and then just they were the one throwing haymakers after that. Cincinnati wins that game 38 to 24. Indiana drops to one and two on the season.
4: Yeah. And they were, they were kind of the darling, right? I think they were ranked 14th coming into the year. And now that's a team that might be the sixth or, you know, fifth or sixth best team in the East right now.
3: I'm getting a lot more of these games, but again, Penn State 28, Auburn 20, Cincinnati 38, Indiana 24, Michigan State 38, Miami 17, Michigan 63, Northern Illinois 10, Minnesota, hey, maybe they're actually pretty good, Minnesota 30, Colorado nothing, Oklahoma 23, Nebraska 16, again, we're going to analyze a lot more of these games later, Nebraska hanging in there was good to see. Bodies, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, 27, Purdue, 13. I thought that'd be a little closer than what it was, and it was for a while. Alabama, 31, Florida, 29. I love it that Alabama's not looking like a juggernaut. They're still the favorite twin at all. Speaking of not looking like a juggernaut, Clemson, 14, Georgia Tech, 8. So we'll get into all of that later in the show. But up next, we're going to give our picks for our NFL survivor pool. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan
1: feel unappreciated things not working out the way you imagined bad news sometimes life sucks good news we don't the fan ohio sports destination
3: on the money 97.1 the fan i am dave biddle i am joined by scotty vegas It is unfortunately time for our NFL survivor pool. Unfortunately for me, I lost in week one, (laughs) picking the Jags, thinking my one time I'm going to pick the Jags or playing the lowly Texans. (laughs) Turns out the Jags are lowly. They're the worst team in the NFL. If they, you get beat by the Texans like that. Goodness gracious. But I am buying back in. Scotty's letting me buy back in, um, which means if Scotty loses once he gets to buy back in, if I lose again, I'm out. Scotty wins. All right, here we go. Now, Scotty survived at the 49ers last week. Barely. My pick this week, my friend is the Packers at home against the lions. There's some better picks you can make, but the Packers have a tough schedule coming up. I think they're going to rebound against the lions Monday night. So I have the Packers in this one.
4: Yeah. To me, Dave, I, I, I really kind of limited it down to to five games that made sense for survivor this week. Uh, you know, the Browns huge favorite. Uh, they don't have a ton of games coming up that are, that are locks, um like they do today. Today's a lock for them to win this game. Uh Packers, I like that pick on, for Monday night football. I thought about the Bucks Bucks are playing a, a bad Falcon team um Steelers is another one. And then I actually considered on Thursday night Washington, uh but they barely held on uh to, to to beat the Giants. But I I think for me this week, I think the play is also to go with the Packers. I, I just after week one, how crappy Aaron Rodgers looked and how bad that team looked, uh I, I think this is bounce back week and the Lions are so bad. So I think uh, I think this is get right and I'm going Packers as
3: well. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, here we go. Let's get into our NFL MVP draft. What that is, so each week, Scotty and I pick one player to add to our MVP roster. Basically, the guys that we think have a chance of winning, great chance of winning the MVP. So the most we can have at any time is three guys. So we can drop a guy if we need to later in the year. Right now, so we just started this last week. So Tom, Scotty has Tom Brady and I have Patrick Mahomes so far. I got the first pick last week. So, Scotty, you go first this week. Who are you adding your MVP roster,
4: yeah. So I'm actually between two guys on this, and I'm going to go with the guy who I loved preseason at fourteen to one, and that's Russell Wilson. I mean, he looked so good against the Colts last week. Uh, I love that I've got a fourteen to one MVP ticket on Russell Wilson. Uh, four touchdowns in beating the Colts. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson as as my draft choice this week.
3: Okay, I'm torn here. I'm torn here. I thought you were going to take one of these two guys. So now I don't know who. I was just going to take whoever you didn't take. I'll take Kyler Murray.
4: Mm, that's who I was. Decide- I was between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray.
3: I will take Kyler Murray. I mean, I know Josh Allen didn't start the year off. It's one game against a good defense. Let's not like, because he had the second best odds coming into the year. Yeah. So I was thinking, I'm like, listen, Josh Allen's still good. He he had one shaky week against a good defense. It was week one. But I will, t- I will take uh, Kyler Murray, which means Josh Allen will still be available to one of us next week. <laughs> probably me since I'll have the first pick next week. All right. Um, you know, let's get into more, um, college football. We kind of like just kind of jumped over that. Um, what kind of other than Ohio state, which game stood out to you the most? Was it Penn state Auburn? That was awesome. Wasn't it?
4: It was awesome. It was, I mean, look, I don't like Penn state. I don't like anything about Penn state, but the whiteout was really cool to see. As we know, it's uh, just an awesome sight. Um, to me, it was kind of a hold on to your butts uh Saturday for Alabama. you know the fact they got a big stop on third down late in the third late in the fourth quarter there, otherwise they would have, would have been given the ball back to Florida with a couple minutes to go uh, with Florida having the opportunity to go out and win the game with a field goal at the end and then Clemson look something's wrong with this Clemson offense, yes, fourteen points against a Horrendous Georgia Tech team. And by the way, Georgia Tech had a chance late in that game to send it to overtime. Georgia Tech had the ball at the three yard line with a minute to go, a chance to put in, uh, basically get in the end zone. And then if they would have gotten the two point conversion, the game would have headed to overtime. That's how close that game was. Georgia Tech was down to the one yard line, fourth down, wasn't able to get in. Otherwise, you know that's an overtime game so to me those are the, the the two games that really stood out and you know the fact that Nebraska kept it close against Oklahoma you and I were talking about this during the break I think some of these teams at the top the Oklahomas the Clemsons not quite as good as we thought they would be coming into the year
3: that's the thing of the top four teams coming into this week three of them really struggled Georgia was the only one that didn't now South Carolina's not any good but georgia looks good this year georgia looks legit that defense is phenomenal and they finally have a quarterback um but yeah clemson 14 georgia tech eight i mean yeah clemson there's something seriously wrong there like you said alabama 31 florida 29 again i mean alabama this is not the alabama of last year are they still the favorite yes and rightfully so i would still pick them to win the national championship um but georgia i think is going to be right there as well and that's encouraging alabama 31 florida 29 if you're worried oh here we go again um, when that game was twenty-one to three, Bama, I was thinking, here we go again. Yes, it's going to blow the doors off the Gators, and this was going to be, in my estimation, end up being this way. But I was thinking, oh, this was supposed to be their toughest game till probably the SEC championship game, uh, maybe Auburn. I mean, Auburn's not a bad team, as we saw, and they're rivals, so that could be a good game. But I thought this would be their toughest game. So good on Florida coming back. Florida got physical. Florida was the more physical team. It, it, it's kind of like what. When- <laughs> When Ohio State played Oregon, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Am I actually watching this?" Not only is Oregon winning, but they're the more physical team. I never thought Florida would be the more physical team against Alabama, so credit to them. And as you mentioned, Oklahoma, the other team that was in the top four, 23 to 16 over a Nebraska team that's not very good. And Nebraska was that wasn't some like weird come. Nebraska was in that game for a long time. I mean, they were they even had the lead early in that game. How about Minnesota 30, Colorado nothing? Not the Colorado is a juggernaut or anything, or far from it, but. Maybe Minnesota's not too bad.
4: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm guilty of this. You know, once Ohio State played them and then, and then my, Minnesota didn't look good the next week against Miami of Ohio, I started to think, well, are they going to be okay? They lost Ibrahim, the, their stud running back, but yeah, that's a great win because Colorado actually, the week before, took Texas A&M to the end of the game. So, you know, the thing that I loved, Dave, about this week was we saw a lot of really good Big Ten matchups, right? A lot of good non-conference games. You mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, Minnesota went and played Colorado, Penn State played Auburn, you know, Purdue was playing Notre Dame, Michigan State, Miami. Just a lot of fun uh, out-of-conference matchups. And unfortunately, looking at week four of the college football season, it's not pretty, unfortunately. Looking at looking at all these top 25 games that are going on next week, really the only game that's interesting in the top 25 is Notre Dame at Wisconsin. Other than that, It's a lot of crap
3: on the schedule. At least we have the marquee primetime matchup of the Ohio (laughs) State Buckeyes against the Akron Zips. (laughs) Goodness gracious. One thing we skipped over earlier, I want to circle back to. Um, I want to get into what was a historical week one for underdogs in the NFL. Scotty, I know this is something you wanted to bring up. So recap the craziness that was week one.
4: Yeah. And you know, it's funny. More of these states have now legalized sports gambling.
3: Not Ohio. Not Ohio. Not, Not that we're Ohio. mad about it or anything, Ohio lawmakers. That everybody can leave the state and go to bordering states, and it's legal there, and it eventually will be here. And you need to get. Oh, I'm getting so mad. <laughs> I, trust uh, me. trust what, me. What's wrong with them? They need I'm to get you. on. The, they need to get on the ball. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sir. But so
4: here's here's the deal. When you've got more public bettors out there now, the, the, the sports betting is legalized in, in over half of the states now, and you got more public bettors. And what does the public love to do? They love to bet favorites and they love to bet overs. Well, week one, uh, the underdogs went 12 and four and the unders went nine and seven. So what we're saying is a lot of the public lost a lot of money last week.
3: I am shocked that the public wasn't right on that. <laughs> yeah.
4: But 12 and four. I mean, you had a lot of underdogs winning outright. So now it's only one week. It's only one week, but the fact that you have 12 to four in the underdogs, it makes you kind of look now. A lot of people, a lot of the betters will now look and say, Oh, well now it's time to start betting the underdogs. Well of course this is the NFL. It's going to flip. It's going to flip. That was a one week trend. Uh you know, I've I I take a, a few underdog money line plays this week, but uh just the the fact that it went 12 and 4, that was record setting the number of underdogs that covered the spread and won last week.
3: I hope the Cincinnati Bengals make it 2 and 0 as underdogs. Yeah. They, they were dogs last week at home against the Vikings and one and now they're dogs on the road against the Bears. I think that's another 50-50 game. We'll get into that later. Up next, though, if you have a question about fantasy football or sports gambling, you can call the show at 614-821-9710. Again, that's 614-821-9710. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The Fan.
3: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. If you have a question about fantasy football or sports gambling, you can call the show at 614-821-9710. 614-821-9710. Before we get to that, let's take a look at daily fantasy football. A lot of you out there like playing daily fantasy football. So do we. We're going to give our value picks today at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Scotty and I are going to each pick one player at each spot at quarterback, I have Mac Jones versus the Jets. Again, these are value picks 5200 on, on DraftKings. I mean, first of all, Belichick coming off a loss. Um, I think that's a really good deal. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks that are like the top notch quarterbacks are going for like 8000. Um, so 5200 if you're looking to save a little money and maybe stock up elsewhere. On your daily fantasy, I like Mac Jones as a bargain pick at fifty two hundred against the Jets,
4: and I'm going to go with Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, the fact that uh, he's playing, I think, the worst defense in the NFL in the Jaguars. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves is a guy as a gambler that you love to back because the the guy is thirty five and thirteen against the spread as a starter in the NFL, which is ridiculous. Uh, We saw what Tyrod Taylor did to Jacksonville last week. I think Teddy with more more. Uh, threats on offense. I think he can put up the big numbers, and I think it's a good value play.
3: At running back, I have Najee Harris against the Raiders today in Pittsburgh. Sixty three hundred. So not you know a tremendous value, but you're not like you know it's not like seventy eight hundred like a lot of the top running backs are. um Some are over eight thousand. So sixty three hundred for Najee Harris against the Raiders.
4: For me, I'm going to go Daryl Henderson. And a big reason why is he's a guy who dominated the snaps in week one against the Bears. He actually played on 94% of the plays. Uh, and, and I was worried about Sonny Michelle coming into the year and the fact that Sonny Michelle could steal some of the carries, but he didn't in week one. So I like Henderson uh, going up against the Colts. Uh, uh, that's a defense that allowed Chris Carson to get over 100 yards last week. So I like Daryl Henderson
3: this week. Wide receiver, this is my favorite of my four value picks here. Wide receiver, KJ Hamler against the Jags. Just 3,800 on DraftKings. 3,800. I I love that one. I love that one. Judy out, uh, KJ Hamler in there. They invested, what would they invest on him? Like a second round pick or something like that last year? So, you know, and he had some good plays week one. So just 3,800 against the Jags, the worst team in the NFL. K.J. Hamler.
4: I love that pick a lot, too. Especially, I, I just told you why I like Teddy Bridgewater today. Um so I would stack him with Bridgewater. That's a good call. One wide receiver that I also like is Mike Williams for the Chargers. Um, look, Dallas is really beat up on defense. So I think Mike Williams is going to have a lot of opportunities. He had eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown last week, 12 targets. I like Mike Williams a lot. And look, Dallas is going to score points, too. So I see that as a shootout game where we're going to see a lot of points. Uh, Mike Williams, good value.
3: Along those same lines at tight end i 'm going with your charger 's theory here. Jared Cook is my tight end for all the reasons you mentioned Cowboys defense banged up, and I think they 're going to be able to throw the ball well Jared Cook good bargain too just thirty nine hundred if you're looking for a bargain tight end Jared Cook in daily fantasy thirty nine hundred on draftkings
4: and i 'm going to go Tyler Higby. He's a guy who, for the first time in his career, was the main guy with the Rams last week. And I love the fact that he's out there on 100% of the snaps. That gives him more target opportunity. Uh, That's huge. I like Tyler Higby of the Rams.
3: All right, switching gears. I love this. Let's get into whether these are overreactions or legitimate observations from week one of the NFL season. After one game, we love to overreact sometimes we could give some rational observations too we'll see which ones these are number one the jaguars are the worst team in the nfl scotty is that a legit observation or an overreaction
4: Sadly, I think that's legit. I think that's legit. I the, the them and the Lions are are two terrible football teams that you know, you'll be betting against throughout the year. Um but boy, that defense is really bad. There's issues. There's major major issues uh with the Jags, unfortunately with Urban Meyer down there. We thought maybe, but you know, look, rookie quarterback, first-year coach, uh we knew it would be rough, but I don't think we thought it would be this rough.
3: It's a legit observation for sure. The Texans were supposed to be the worst team, and they absolutely took it to the Jags. I mean, yeah. that, is, that is a very, very, very bad sign. Definitely a legit observation. They look like the worst team in the NFL. And you're right, the Lions don't look like they're uh, <laughs> too far uh, behind the Jags there for that to dubious title. And the Jag, we'll get into the Ohio State players in the next segment in the NFL, how they're doing, former Ohio State players. Jeff Okuda out for the year with a torn Achilles, the number three pick of the draft last year that is bad news for the lions all right next up again we're talking about whether these are overreactions or legit observations from week one of the nfl season all right scotty Kyler Murray is now a top five MVP candidate. Legit observation or overreaction?
4: Well, I know that you think it's legit because you took him in our MVP draft, uh, last segment. Uh, look, now his odds are down to nine to one. He's ahead of Brady, Stafford, Josh Allen, and Wilson. I don't know if I would buy him that far. I don't think he should be ahead of... of, I don't think he should be ahead probably of any of those four in the odds, but he is. He put up ridiculous numbers against the Titans last week, four touchdowns, um, and basically took the fourth quarter off because they were up by so much. I think he's a legitimate candidate, Dave. I don't think he's a top five candidate, though. I I would have five guys ahead of him.
3: So you're saying overreaction. I'm going legit observation, but a lot closer to fifth than first. (laughs) So I put him like maybe fifth right now. So I'll give that, excuse me, a legit observation. All right. Next one. Scotty, the Bengals will have a winning record going into November this year. Overreaction or legit observation.
4: Okay. I am going to go legitimate, legitimate call because look at this schedule. Let me take you through this at the bears today. This is, this is probably one that will throw it one way or the other, whether they're uh, they have the winning record, but they're, that's basically a pick. Em. I know the Bengals are a slight underdog. They play at the Steelers. That'll be tough, but they play the Jags. They play the Packers. Uh, that's good. That's probably lost, but at who, the Lions. Who would have thought
3: that that, oh, well, I thought you said that's probably lost, but who would have thought entering the year, like when the Bengals play the Packers, like that's, that's one that the Bengals will probably get. Yeah. <laughs> or good Right. Get. right. Yeah. They, they absolutely could get it. It's a home yeah.
4: game. Uh, at the Lions, I think they're going to win that one. They have the Ravens and then at the Jets. So, Looking at that schedule, I think they, I think they beat the Jags, the Jets, and the Lions. I think they win all three of those, and then I think they probably steal one either against the uh, the Bears or the Packers. So, yes, legitimate observation.
3: Oh, I love it. You are getting me excited now. I am going to go reverse psychology on my Hoo Nation. I am going <laughs> to say uh, that's an overreaction. I am going to say no, they're not going to have a winning record, but I think they're going to be uh, a lot better than this year than people expected, myself included. All right. Next up, the Browns and the Chiefs are going to have a rematch in the AFC Championship game. Legit observation... Or overreaction,
4: boy. I'm going legit. I, that game last week looked like two heavyweights to me. It looked like the two teams that were the best two teams in the AFC. I, I know going in into last week, I talked about how the Bills were my were my Super Bowl pick, and I and I'm not changing from that. But I will say, I think the Browns and Chiefs right now look like the
3: two best teams. I agree with you. I mean, you look at. I mean, I have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, and the Browns looked like the better team. To me, and they were in Kansas City. You know the Browns led for most of that game. You only have to lead at one point in football, and that when the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter. So, but I thought the Browns were the better team. Again, you hate talking about moral victories in football, but man, if there ever was one, it was that one. Especially when you're at a 17 game season, that game's not going to keep you, you know, from winning the uh, AFC North or making the playoffs. I mean, I guess it could it, it help keep you from winning the AFC North. Browns look like the best team in the division clearly and they look like the second best team in the AFC that's a legit observation I think those are the two best teams in the AFC all right last one here Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are a mess at least so far (laughs) because of all of the offseason issues legit observation or overreaction
4: I'm going overreaction but by the way I hated what Aaron Rodgers said after the game after week one basically you know it, it came out that you know people were calling it an an embarrassment, right? That, you know, and it was, they just got destroyed by the saints and Aaron Rodgers. you know, typical, you know, kind of like throws it off. It's one game, one game. Who cares? It's
3: kind of his reaction. Relax.
4: Right. Relax. That's
3: that's how he does it though.
4: Yeah. But, but as a, as a Packers fan, after everything that they went through in the off season and then week one, you look like that, I'd be pretty upset at Aaron Rodgers' reaction to it. Now, I think it's an overreaction. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be fine. But I would be pretty upset at how Aaron Rodgers treated that first game.
3: I think it is a legit observation for sure. I'm a big believer in like the, you know, the mental side of sports and chemistry and all that. I mean, everything they went through during the offseason uh, looked like he wasn't going to come back at some point. In fact, I think people were saying he, there's not, he's definitely not going to come back. And yeah, I think that has to play into it. They look like they're in disarray, but... It's just one week, and maybe I am overreacting, but I am saying it's a legit observation that they are a mess in large part because of all the off-season drama that they had. All right, up next, we're going to take a look at how former Ohio State players are doing in the NFL this season, and we're going to look back on Ohio State's win over Tulsa yesterday. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: If it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
3: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. If you're just joining us. This is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. And we like to talk a lot of college football and NFL football in general. It's mostly about fantasy football and sports gambling. Let's get into former Ohio State players and how they are doing in the NFL so far this season. We mentioned in the last segment the unfortunate injury to Jeff Okuda out for the year with an Achilles. But, Scotty, take a look at some of the other Buckeyes. What do you got
4: yeah, let's start out with Justin Fields because he didn't play much, but when he did play, uh, he was effective. You know, scored a touchdown on a three yard run against the Rams last week. Why are they not starting Justin Fields? Wait it till next no week, sense. Bears. Bears, give
3: it one more week. <laughs> Wait till after the Bengals game. Don't do not do it mid game today and when, pull a Brett Far from years ago. I'm showing my age here where the Bengals were beating the Packers way back in the day and the Packers had the second year quarterback that they just traded. You know, first round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, four, and the Bengals were winning against Magic Man Mikowski in Green Bay. And they put this guy I've never even heard in, Brett Favre, and then he wins the game mm. for the Packers. So I just hope, I hope the Bears last one more week with the Andy Dalton experiment, and then go to Justin Fields well. Self- selfishly.
4: It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous (laughs) that Justin Fields is not starting for the Bears. But uh, two for two in passing, ten yards, one rush, three touchdown or three yard touchdown for Justin Fields last week in Week One. Uh, A couple other guys that stood out: Terry McLaurin. Look, he may have had the catch of the year in Week One against the Chargers. It was a thirty-four yard catch on the sidelines. It was ridiculous. And by the way, he followed it up with another awesome week on Thursday night. In Washington's win over the Giants, 11 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin is becoming not only a great fantasy wide receiver, but he is coming, becoming potentially a top five, top 10 wide receiver in all of football right now. He is incredible. What he's doing, a couple other guys to highlight, uh, you know, a, a nice week for, um, for Jordan Four, 11 tackles in the in in a win. And then also, how about this? Nick Bosa getting out there for the 49ers. He had a sack, he had 3 tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries and four tackles. So good to see Nick Bosa back out there for the 49ers in a big win. My guy
3: Von Bell is playing well for the Bengals. Eli Apple, not so much. Uh, <laughs> of course, if Trey Waynes can stay healthy for two seconds, he, he's been with the Bengals now for two years, has played in zero games, and they, they paid him like he was Deion Sanders or something in his prime. So good signing there, Trey Waynes, who has forced Eli Apple into action. Not good. Not good at all. But Von Bell, man, he's good. I love watching him play. Always have. He, he was a big part of that 2014 defense at Ohio State that won the national title. That was his best year at Ohio State. He was an All-American um, he was better as a sophomore than he was as a junior. Speaking of Ohio State, let's get to the 2021 Buckeyes. Again, Ohio State 41, Tulsa 20 yesterday. But two main things I want to talk about, C.J. Stroud and the defense. Um, let's start with C.J. Stroud. I've heard this. This is from sources. This is unconfirmed from Ohio State, of course, that um, you know that they've talked to him privately about maybe if the shoulder's bothering you this much, why don't we give you a week off and give maybe Kyle McCord a chance here. I've been told C.J. Stroud, first of all, he wants to tough it out and play. Second of all, there might be some concern there that if he does take a week off or take a couple weeks off and Kyle McCord plays well, he might get Wally pipped. What do you make of Stroud's shoulder if that's causing him? And he's not playing poorly. The guy had almost 500 yards against Oregon. That was not their problem against Oregon. It was defense. It was short yardage. Um, But he didn't look good yesterday at all. And what do you make of that? If there's some truth to that, that he... You know that it's way less than 100% the shoulder and that's what's causing him to make some errant throws that's causing him not to be any threat at all in the running game. Should they give Kyle McCord a chance?
4: Yes. Yes. Yes, they should. (laughs) I mean, look, look at the numbers yesterday. I I mean, I'm sorry. We saw way too many overthrows. 15. for 25 185 yards, one touchdown, one pick against Tulsa. Uh no rushing yards, you know, he's not running the ball. So, yeah, man, it, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and I understand, you know, you mentioned he doesn't want to come off the field, and I love that about him.
3: You don't want a guy who wants to come off the field. But uh if you're Ryan Day though, you got to make that just like you yeah. did with defense. Which, you you got to be the one to make that tough call, and that is a tough call because then the thing is though, what are you worried about if you're Ryan Day? You're worried about CJ Stroud then transferring, right? But if you believe in Kyle McCord, you believe in Quinn Ewers, this is not the typical thing where, oh, we got to keep CJ happy because we have nobody behind him. <laughs> like, you got a couple of perhaps studs behind him and nothing against Jack Miller. I'm not putting him in the stud category, but I've heard good things about Kyle McCord and we'll see about Quinn Ewers. He's all, it's, it's all like high school recruiting ranking hype with him right now. We don't know, have, have, have any idea how he's going to be at the college level, but that is an interesting one to follow. Also interesting is the shakeups on defense. I don't know, man. I I, I am looking forward to asking Ryan Day about this on Tuesday. I don't understand if you're going to make make Barnes, the, the shot caller, which he was, um, why do you move him from the box to the field? You'd want the guy making the calls in the box, in my opinion. And then Kerry Combs was on the field when he was making the calls the first two weeks. Now you move him to the box, but he's not making the calls. His forte is supposed to be getting the defense fired up, you know, kind of that cheerleader type, you know, getting guys like riled up. Barnes is more the technician. So I I like what Ryan Day is doing with maybe switching those duties around. I have no idea why you'd move Barnes to the field and Combs to the box. It should be the opposite.
4: I'm with you, and I can't wait to hear you ask that question. Uh But let's look at these numbers from yesterday. They aren't good. They aren't no. good. Tulsa, 25 first downs, over 500 yards of offense, over 6 yards per play, 428 passing yards in the game for Tulsa. Oh, gosh. I just, I'm reading off these numbers and they
3: make me cringe. They should. Tulsa lost to UC Davis. Okay. Not Cal Berkeley. That would have been bad enough. They lost to UC Davis. If you haven't heard of UC Davis or didn't know they had a football program, you're probably not alone. I'm sure you've heard of UC Davis. They're an FCS team. And last time I checked, they're not one of the FCS powerhouses. And. They beat Tulsa this year, 19-7, and Ohio State struggled with Tulsa. Oh, Tulsa, there was one point was only down by seven in the fourth quarter. Discouraging, discouraging. All right, next up, if you have a question about fantasy football or sports gambling, you can call the show at 614-821-9710. Again, that is 614-821-9710. That is up next. On the money, 97.1 the fan.
1: During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nest egg that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan.
3: Welcome back to On The Money 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scott Prokop. We like to call him Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie Wells at the controls. If you're just joining us, there's a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. And if you would like to call the show with a question about fantasy football or sports gambling, the number is 614-821-9710. Again, that's 614-821-9710. Before we get to that, Scotty Vegas hit two 100-to-1 parlays in week one of the NFL season. Two 100-to-1 parlays. So, Scotty is buying food the rest of the year here in the studio um, <laughs> at least that 's what i 'm hoping he will do. It is story time, my friend. Tell the listeners all about this
4: all right, so we 've got a new podcast that Anthony and Roth and, and I and, and our, our good buddy from Mobile center Moneyline Mark do every Mondays, and uh, this one just happened to be the very, you know the, on the second podcast. we happen to give out a hundred to one props parlay last Monday and here's the deal Uh, Moneyline Mark actually convinced me that the Raiders were the right side in the game on Monday night it was the Raiders and the Ravens so I put together this little parlay and here's what it was it was needed Las Vegas Raiders to win the game score over 23 points Derek Carr to go over 263 passing yards to go two touchdowns or more 25 completions needed Waller to get six catches for 75 73 yards and it needed to be he also needed to score a touchdown and then rugs needed 31 passing yards so that's it just a nine-way feast right there uh for a monday night look this looked like it had no prayer of happening with about three minutes to go in the game no prayer. Vegas was down by a touchdown. They end up uh, basically on the last drive. Rugs, by the way, had zero yards, but he got all his yards on the last drive of of regulation. Waller needed to score the touchdown late in the game, and that was the, the Waller scored the touchdown to tie the game up. And so then... It ends up going to overtime on a 55-yard field goal kick, right? So I'm lucky. But here's the thing. I still needed a Derek Carr touchdown and the Raiders to win the game to win this 100-1 to bet. Well, first drive, Vegas wins the coin toss, so they get the ball. And Derek Carr throws a bomb, right? And it looks like uh, they scored the touchdown on a passing touchdown, a long play. Well, they rule that the receiver was down at the one-yard line. So everybody was at midfield shaking hands. Game was over. I was celebrating. I was on the phone with Anthony. We were jumping up and down, screaming at each other that we just won this 100-to-1 parlay. Well, nope the replay official puts the ball at the one and they decide okay let's do a Derek Carr QB sneak uh if he gets in we lose the bet the the bet's a loss if it's a rushing touchdown he doesn't get in on the on the first try then we get a motion penalty back five yards and Derek Carr then throws a interception in the end zone off a ricochet and the Ravens get the ball so I'm screwed right there're they're not going to need a touchdown. They're going to, they could lose the game. Well, Lamar Jackson fumbles the ball. The Raiders get the ball back and, uh, John Gruden lines up to kick a game winning field goal, right? Lines up for the game winning field goal, but they take a delay of game. So they couldn't get the field goal off. And so the next play, Carr goes back and throws a touchdown pass and the hundred to one bet comes through. It was unbelievable, Dave. Two hundred to one in one weekend. You're a
3: beast. Congratulations. I mean, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh well, I mean, good for you. That's fantastic. All right, got a couple callers on the line. Let's head on out to the phone lines right now. Tommy, welcome to On the Money. You're on the fan. What is your question?
2: My question is: Should I'm looking at my flex position, and I need to know. If do I go with Marvin Jones Jr., who had a good
3: week one, or should I go with Mike Evans, who had a bad week one? I would go Mike Evans. I would definitely go Mike Evans in that scenario. What do you think, Scotty?
4: Yeah, don't overreact from week one. I think you have to have Mike Evans in your lineup. Look, they're going up against the Falcons today. I think you're going to see a lot of points for the Bucs. Uh, you you got to play Mike Evans.
3: Thanks for the All call, right. Tommy. Good luck. All right. Now let's talk to Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, you're on, hey. on the money, on the fan. What is your question?
2: Fellas, so good to hear you this morning. So I have a five-way flex question. I need to know, am I taking Damien Harris, who so I have in my flex right now, or do I sub in either Chase Edmonds, Tyler Board, uh, Cortland Sutton, or Melvin Gordon, who had an amazing first week?
3: I would stick with Damian Harris. What do you think, Scotty?
4: All right, Matthew. I'm sticking with Damian Harris. I know he had a brutal fumble in the game last week that really cost uh, the Patriots the win, but uh, to me, Damian Harris is the guy. Uh, Good question. You got a a good deep bench. I like it.
3: I'm going Damian Harris. Thanks, Thanks, fella. Thanks for the call. Good luck, Matthew. All right. Let's look at uh, some betting information today for the Cleveland Browns. Right here on 97.1 The Fan. And the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's start with the Browns. Browns favored by 13 at home against the Texans today. Kind of What what stands out about that? Do you like the, the point spread? And maybe what are some prop bets you like in the Browns game today?
4: So it's funny. It, it's almost a rule for me that when there's a team that's a double-digit underdog, that I just kind of stay away from the game. Because it, it just feels like so many points. But to me, I think Houston played way above their level last week in in beating Jacksonville. And so I think there's a little bit of a reaction to oh, okay, they got it they got a win last week. They're not as bad as everybody thought they were. No, I really do think Houston is terrible. Uh and and so I I I like I actually like the Browns giving the points. I think this is a game where they're gonna be they're, they're going to be on it. I th- look, they, they played really well against the Chiefs last week. I think that it's a good spot for the Browns. So I know it's a lot of points to give, and I almost never do this, but I would give the points even though it's up to 13.
3: Yeah, I, I would too. I mean, if I, I, I'm i staying away from this. I mean, if I was going to bet one way or the other, it, it wouldn't be on the Texans. It would be on the Browns to win this game by uh, – I mean – if the Browns win this game by 21, are you going to be surprised let alone 14? They win this game by 14 they cover, so I'm with you. I think last week with the Texans was much more about the Jags being terrible than, oh, maybe the Texans are good. No, the Texans are bad. The Texans are bad. Right, we'll get to the Bengals here in a second. Let's head on out to the phone lines again. Jordan, welcome to On The Money. You're on the fan. What is your question?
1: Hey, guys. I've
2: got uh, two receiver spots and three receivers, and I'm not sure who to play. i got Mike Williams, T. Higgins, and LaVisca
4: Chanel. Oh, good question. First off, I love Mike Williams this week. Going up against the Cowboys, I think he has an opportunity to put up big, big numbers. Look, I think the Cowboys are going to score this week. So I think you got to keep Mike Williams in the lineup. And then as far as Chanel versus Higgins, oh, gosh, it's, it's tough to, to say take a Jags wide receiver. Um, and I'm, and I'm not going to tell you to do it. I'm going to say, Higgins, that's a close one because I like Chenault, but I just don't love that offense enough. So to me, it's Higgins
3: and Williams. What do you think, Dave? I agree, one hundred percent. I I go Williams and Higgins there for sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jordan. Good luck to you. Appreciate the call. All right, Bengals. They were three point dogs when it first opened. I think then it was two and a half for a while. Is it down to one now? Downs? one and a half one and a half one and a half yeah. that's moved a lot that tells you i mean the sharps are betting on the bengals i like that i like that um now the bengals won straight up last week even though there are three and a half point dogs at home against the vikings i think this is a 50 50 game today so the line moving makes sense i liked it a lot better when it was two and a half which is when i locked it in for our best bets purposes um i mean that was yesterday so i liked it a lot better when it was at two and a half but uh, again i think this is a 50-50 game today, Cincinnati and Chicago.
4: It's a 50-50 game. Let me give you a couple trends, Dave, that I think you're going to like. Uh, first off, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has failed to cover every time as a home favorite since 2018. Okay, he has not won against the spread as a home favorite in three years. Uh, the other thing... Chicago 4-11 against the spread following a straight-up loss over the last three years. So those are two trends that you have to love. Chicago has failed to cover each of their last three games as a home favorite. There's a lot of trends heading that way. And I'm telling you, if they don't play Justin Fields or or, or play him a decent amount,
3: I think the Bengals win this game. I hope you're right. Now, I am a little concerned that... um... If Andy Dalton's ever going to bring his A game, it's going to be against his former true. team. True,
4: <laughs> true. That's
3: you know? a good concern. And, and the other concern I have here, again, I think the Bengals have a really good chance of winning this game. Bears D-line against Bengals O-line. Bengals O-line, um, still, they gave up. You know, Burrow was knocked down to the ground seven times last week. And one time it looked like, oh no. Guy kind of rolled up on him. You're thinking, you got to be kidding me. The center, Trey Hopkins, is coming back from an injury. He gave up two sacks. The tackles actually played well, but now the Bears have a good D-line, led by Khalil Mack um but they also have a d tackle i can't remember his name off the top of my head who's really good who's going to give the bengals interior line trouble today so we'll see what happens there all right let's reset some top stories in fantasy football as far as injuries now raheem Mostert out for the year with a knee injury a couple interesting things here there's some controversy because the niners were saying they only thought it should be eight weeks don't need surgery just needs rehab he got a second opinion he opted for season-ending surgery I mean, his wife was on Twitter saying he was getting, like, death threats and stuff. And it's just like, okay, calm down, people. Um, Now, listen, it's good news for anyone. He picked up Elijah Mitchell, who was a sixth-round pick from Louisiana this year. He got the call after the injury, 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown for the Niners. Trey Sermon, healthy scratch. That won't be the case going forward. But Elijah Mitchell's clearly passed him on the depth chart already, even though Sermon was a third-round pick. Mitchell was a sixth-rounder. Your thoughts on the controversy there first. What do you make of of that? That that to me is interesting that the Niners were like, you don't need surgery, 8 weeks according to our doctors. And He was like, no, season ending surgery, I'm out for the year.
4: Yeah, it's it's a crazy situation. Um but here's here's the deal with the 49ers fantasy wise. Uh they're they're a great running team. Okay, no matter who you plug in there, the 49ers and Shanahan is a fantastic at drawing up run plays. It's what the 49ers do and how they're so successful. So whoever you, they plug in there and this is why I loved Trey Sermon preseason why I wanted to draft him in as many leagues as I possibly could and I know he was a healthy scratch for week one I think that had more to do with the fact that he was still kind of learning the blocking schemes and, and things like that and I know Elijah Mitchell is, is a, was a six round rookie pick look the 49ers, the 49ers invested heavily in Trey Sermon a third round pick for Trey Sermon he is going to be a big factor so if you have Trey Sermon this is a opportunity now for him to step up and be the main guy for the 49ers and on your fantasy team I think he's going to be a good play uh going forward but yeah Elijah Mitchell he was the guy to pick up in every league off the waiver wire this week if you hadn't if if somehow in
3: your league it wasn't done go get him it was done in every league, and if, yeah. if it wasn't done in a league, I'm going to join that league next yes, year, by the yes. way. Um, Scotty, we have a caller that wants to talk gambling. Woo! Isn't that? Does that sound good this to is, you? This is money-making Sunday, yeah, so says, let's do there it. There we go. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's chat with Sam. Welcome to On The Money. You're on the fan. What's your question, Sam?
0: Hey, I was just going to let you know I'm on my way to
4: Indiana right now to put 5000 on Houston Texans. I think uh, Tyrod <laughs> Taylor is going to show out against his old team. Ooh. I mean I think for about thirty forty years. No, Mon- I'm, I'm betting that uh, with thir- thirteen and a half right now, you can get the points. They may win out, right? But I know it's going to be uh, uh, a big running game for
0: uh, for the Texans on on, uh, on the Browns today. So,
4: well, thanks for the call, 5, Sam.
0: If, any- if anyone wants a- to, wants you know,
1: take my money. Uh, I'm, I'm heading there right now.
4: <laughs> well, first off, we hate the fact that you have to go to Indiana to place this bet. That's ridiculous, right? That's ridiculous. Um, second of all, though, I, look, it's a ton of points. I mean, it, it is so many points, and a lot of the trends actually point your way. I mean, Tyrod Taylor has covered his last six starts, including in the playoffs. He's 5-0 and, a, five and against the spread since leaving the Bills. There's a lot of trends. Houston's 6-0 and o against the spread against Cleveland since the start of 2006 so look i i totally understand the bet it's a lot of points for me but man sitting there on a sunday uh, you know trying to pull and hope that the the houston texans keeps it within
3: 13 that's just a tough tough thing for me to do i love that you're not messing around man five g's good hey, for hey. you good luck to you
2: hey, hey 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 don't forget tyrod taylor played
4: for uh the browns in Low revenge.
3: that's right we were we recall hugh jackson's guy and then they put Baker Mayfield yeah. in there finally, and then they took off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All well, right. good luck to you. All good right. luck. $5,000 bet. Thanks for the call there. Speaking of the Browns, real quick, one more uh, fantasy football note to pass along. If you're wondering about Odell Beckham Jr., he is out today to no surprise. Now, the Cle- Cleveland.com Mary Kay Cabot has reported he could return next week against the Bears, but he's probably not going to be 100% for a while. I mean, he's only 10 months removed from the torn ACL. So I don't know how effective he's going to be even when he comes back, Scotty. I don't think he's going to be – you still want him rostered in fantasy. You, you want him on your roster, but I. he's going to be like a, a plug-and-play guy here and there. Hopefully, you don't have injuries, but if you have injuries, he, he might not be in a starter for you right now. Right now, he's just a guy you want to stash even after he comes back. I just don't see him making a huge impact right away.
4: I agree. He's a guy that you stash. You know, he, he has – Top two fantasy round talent. So if he's able to play second half of the year to, to full ability, you may have a steal come fantasy playoff time. Um, but right now you're frustrated.
3: Up next is our Bud Light Picks Contest where Scotty and I will pick all of the NFL games this week straight up. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan
1: the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Get
3: back! On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Scotty, tell the listeners about our fantastic Bud Light Picks Contest. Who is the week one winner? People can still sign up. Tell them how they can sign up and what prizes they can win.
4: Yeah, here's the great thing. Even if you did not get in for week one, we have weekly prizes every week. All you have to do is go to 971thefan.com. Right on the front slider, we've got our NFL Picks Contest from Bud Light. The ultimate winner is going to win the Bud Light Fan Cave. But... You've got weekly prizes. Our week one winner was Lucas Crumley. It was a wild week. I heard from people that uh, they had just horrendous records because of all the underdogs winning last week. But congratulations to Lucas. He won week one. Get your week two picks in now. You can win the weekly award or play for that big uh, Bud Light fan cave at the
3: end. I'm used to women winning the weekly awards. I know. We're we're the ladies out there. Come on. Last year, the ladies dominated. So come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, All right. Now, Scotty and I are going to go game by game, pick the winners of all of the NFL games today and tomorrow. Now, these are straight up. We will give our five favorite bets to make against the spread in the final segment of the show at 1050. All right, Scotty, let's start with the one o'clock games. Here we go. Texans at Browns right here on the fan. What do you
4: uh, got? Absolutely, Cleveland. No question. You know, that the, to me, the question is the 13 point spread, which way to go on that? I said it's a lot of points, but uh, Browns, straight up, of course.
3: For those just tuning in, we had a caller in the last segment who's driving from Ohio to Indiana right now so he can place a legal bet. And yes, it's insane that you can't place a legal bet in the state of Ohio. It's inevitable. It's definitely going to come here. And every border state except for Kentucky has legalized sports gambling. But our guy is driving to Indiana to lay $5,000 on the Texans to cover 13 and a half. So, Browns fans, be, be kind. You want your team to win by 13, so our caller can win his bet of 13 and a half. So everybody's happy then. All right. Yeah, I'm picking the Browns as well, my friend. There's no doubt about it. All right. The other Ohio team, Bengals at Bears. Who you got?
4: I am going with your Bengals, Dave. I'm going Bengals. It just feels right. Andy Dalton to me, not going to get it done. Going Cincinnati.
3: I'll go Bengals as well. See if they can move to 2-0. That's going to be fantastic. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm going Bengals, though. All right. Rams at Colts. Who you got, Scotty? So
4: Sean McVay is 38, 26 and 2 against a spread in his career. Great at covering spreads. I'm going to go with the Rams.
3: I also have the Rams. Bills at Dolphins. Give me
4: the Dolphins in a slight upset at home. I. The Bills were disappointing last week. I think this is a tough spot for them. Give me the Dolphins.
3: I also have the Dolphins. Oh, I thought about that one long and hard, but I'm going with the Dolphins at home. Patriots at Jets. Who you got? I'm going Patriots. Yeah, me too. 49ers at Eagles.
4: Tough one. Tough one. This is one that is going to be in my best bets later on in the
3: show. I'm going to go Eagles. Ooh, we're going to have one that's different. Best bets. I know that. I'm going 49ers in this one on the road, although the Eagles looked great week one. Raiders at Steelers who you got
4: I'm gonna go Steelers in a big way in that game
3: yep I like the Steelers too Saints at Panthers
4: I'm gonna go with the Saints they're given three and a half on the road which is a lot I know we're just going straight up so I'm gonna say the Saints win
3: straight up I agree I got the Saints winning it straight up final one o'clock game Broncos at Urban Meyer and the hapless Jags
4: (sighs) I gotta take uh, I gotta take the Broncos
3: I'm going Broncos oh for sure for sure now let's move to the four oh five or four twenty five games. Vikings at Cardinals. Who you got?
4: Yeah, Vikings uh disappointing loss to the to the Bengals last week. I am thinking that they are going to bounce back today. I'm going Vikings.
3: I wasn't disappointed. I got the Cardinals. <laughs> All right.
4: <laughs> Falcons at Bucks. Uh this one uh don't need to spend too much time thinking about this one.
3: It's Bucks. So I have the Cardinals in the previous one. I got of course got the Bucks in this one, Cowboys at Chargers.
4: Cowboys a little too beat up on defense for me. I know they can score a ton. I'm going to go Chargers at home.
3: I do think Zeke's going to have a big day, but I'm going to go with the Chargers to win. C- uh, Titans at Seahawks.
4: Okay, This is one where I am putting several dollars down on a parlay, uh, props parlay because I think this is going to be very high scoring. Tennessee's defense sucks. I'm going Seattle in this game.
3: I am going Seattle as well. The Sunday night game, Chiefs at Ravens. Fun fact, Chiefs 2-10 in their last 12 games against the spread, including the playoffs. Chiefs favored by 3.5. Again, this is just straight up, but I find that interesting. Chiefs 2-10 in their last 12 games against the spread. I got the Chiefs winning this one. Who you got winning it?
4: Boy, that is a
3: crazy number. 2-10 for the Chiefs against the spread, but I'm going Chiefs too. I might not pick them against the spread, but straight up, yes sir. Monday night, Lions at Packers. Uh, Packers. Packers. I also have the Packers. On the Money is sponsored by Mobile Center, taking taking care of all your cellular needs. Mobile Center, now part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. And Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination.
4: Moneyline Mark from Mobile Center now joins us on the Money for his week two picks. First, Mark the story of last week seemed to be all the underdogs the dogs were actually 11 and 4 on Sunday how'd you end up doing in week one
2: you know pretty good um anytime you see a softball like uh Atlanta favored (laughs) against the Eagles you got to jump all over that so I I won pretty big on that one that was probably my headliner
4: was there was there something that uh that slipped you up that, that caught you I think that they're just, they didn't do
2: a whole lot. They lost, you know, arguably the best receiver they've ever had in Julio Jones. And then I think the Eagles are better than people were giving them credit. I like a lot of their offseason moves. I Still, people, I think, are uh, not giving Jalen Hurts the credit he deserves. And uh, honestly, he went into Atlanta and, and they just, manhandled that entire team.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. Both Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua both looked really good, I thought, in week one. Kind of making that year two leap that we thought they would. All right, give me your money line parlay for this week. All right,
2: so some of these are out on a limb, but uh, that's why I'm money line mark, right? That's right. So I I got the Titans over the Seahawks. The Titans' defense looked horrendous week one. I think Vrabel... Uh, rallies the troops, and I think they go and upset the Seahawks. I like the Cowboys over the Chargers. You know, Cowboys showed a lot to me uh, last Thursday night to kick off the NFL season, and hopefully they can continue that momentum. I like them beating the Chargers. And I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but I'm picking the Jets again. Whoa. After they they screwed me last week, I'm going to pick them again to upset the Patriots.
4: That three-way money line Parlay right there, that's got to be some pretty darn good long odds.
2: 20 to 1. Ooh. You got to go, go all the way after it. All
4: right, 20 to 1. I, I think I would need 40 to 1 with those three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let the Moneyline Parlay come through with you. Thanks again for joining us on On the Money, Mark, and we'll catch you next Sunday. All right, thank you.
3: I love it. I love it. All right, up next is our football quick hitters, which are five important questions about college or pro football that must be answered. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Your home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew and our sincere apologies for common men singing Creed songs. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
3: On The Money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. It's time for our football quick hitters, which are five burning questions about college or pro football that absolutely must be answered. All right, here we go, Scotty. As we do every week, we pick our four teams that we think will make the college football playoff. As you sit here now, who are the four teams you think will make the CFP?
4: So I'm going to go with Alabama and Georgia. I think, you know, unfortunately, I think we're going to see two teams out of the SEC this year. Uh, boy, I have a hard time looking at the schedule. I just don't see a lot of roadblocks for, for Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm going to have Oklahoma in there and I know Oregon is, is four right now. Uh, but I'm going to throw a team out at you that I think's got a pretty darn good chance t- to run the table and make it this year. And it's all going to depend on winning at Notre Dame and it's Cincinnati. I think these Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, have a legit shot so you know what if i'm projecting my final four who 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 it's going to be i'm going to go alabama georgia oklahoma cincinnati
3: wow since i know they won that game they did not look good for the first half but hey they took care of business and beat indiana by 14 in bloomington um interesting putting the bearcats and luke fickle in there at the number four spot we agree. So my four are, I have, we agree in the top two, Alabama and Georgia. Alabama didn't look that good, although Florida's good. And Florida really took the fight to them late in that game. Um, I'm going to put Clemson in, and here's why. If they run the table in the ACC, which I think they will because the ACC is bad, although, my gosh, they barely got p- past Georgia Tech yesterday. And their one loss is to Georgia in week one. I think 12-1, and one, Clemson gets it. Now, maybe not over... 12-0 and Oklahoma or whatever Oklahoma would be, 13-0 Oklahoma. But I think Oklahoma's going to drop a game along the way. And if they're both sitting there with one loss, they're both conference champions, but they both have one loss, I think Clemson would get in over over Oklahoma. And right now I'm putting Oregon in. I'm putting Oregon in because they need to lose a game or, you know, and they, they need to lose two games for Ohio State's purposes. If Ohio State can, you know, somehow go 12-1 and they're sitting there uh, with the chance, but Alabama and Georgia are in, you know, let's say Clemson or Oklahoma's in and then Oregon's sitting there with one loss and they're the Pac-12 champ. Oregon would get in over Ohio State since they beat Ohio State in Columbus.
4: And in this case, neither one of us have a Big Ten team making it into the playoff, which is interesting because uh, looking at this Big Ten East, it is so good. So whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, whether it's Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, if any of those come out undefeated, uh, I mean, I'm throwing Michigan State in there. I know they've, you know, long shot that they go through the schedule undefeated but they're playing really well right now but to get through the big 10 east and then if they were to beat an undefeated iowa team at the end you would think the big 10 would have somebody in there
3: i do think if you ask me right now will would 12 and one ohio state make it not knowing what's going to go on with oregon and oklahoma and clemson just ask me right now would 12 and one ohio state as big 10 champs make it i would say yes for exactly what you mentioned they would have a ton of quality wins Presuming Iowa would be there in the Big Ten championship team or the Big Ten championship game is at least a top 10 team. But if they're undefeated, a top five team, probably a top four team in Iowa. So if Ohio State's able to go 12 and one, I do think they would get in. But man, we'll see if they can go 12 and one. All right. We kind of already answered this earlier but number two in football quick hitters if cj stroud is nursing a bum shoulder and it's affecting his play should kyle mccord be given the chance to play
4: yes 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 he should i mean look yesterday was frustrating right a lot of overthrows 15 for 25 185 yards for stroud uh not a running threat yes to be honest dave to answer the question yes
3: yes I agree, and I get it. He's a competitor, like you said earlier. You don't want your quarterback to be like, yeah, take me. You want your quarterback to be like, no, I want to play. I know he wants to play, but he was saying things like, you know, after the Oregon game that he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play. He was saying, I'm blessed that I was a- able to play. That wasn't like some little tweak he was dealing with for him to say things like, i very blessed I was able to play and things like that. I mean, that's that shows you that it's, you know, it's probably, it's obviously not something that's super severe or he wouldn't be able to play, but probably, a you know, somewhat, you know, a uh, serious sprain, I would guess, is what he's dealing with. You can see him all the time trying to loosen it up. I think he's concerned, though, if he, if he, if, especially again in a game like Akron this coming week, you know, he's going to play in this one. But I think even, you know, yesterday, he was probably concerned if I don't play and McCord plays well, I might not get my job back. Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. And I, and I get the concern and I love the competitiveness, but it's got to be the best man out there, right?
3: That's exactly right. All right. This one kind of combines college and pro, although it's really just pro, but Urban Meyer. How long will Urban Meyer last with the Jags? How many seasons?
4: Well, it's funny because after one week, people <laughs> were already talking about Urban Meyer leaving for USC, uh, which obviously is not going to happen. Uh, look, it was one week. Trevor Lawrence in his first start. It was rough. It was rough. They lost to what we all thought was the worst team in the Houston Texans. I'm going to say I think he's going to last a while. Like if we were to put the over under on... The, what two and a half years? I would take the over.
3: That's interesting. You put it there because I think he's going to stay three years. If I had to guess, so I would take the over on two and a half. But I think that's pretty close. That's a good. it's uh, a good line you set there. So yeah, I think I think probably about three years. I don't see him being one and done. Or even two and done like Saban was, uh, and Spurrier. I think he, I think he'll last three years. We'll see. This will be a big off season for them. They should have another. <laughs> they should have uh, several other high, uh, high picks like they did this year, and hopefully they don't do things like draft running backs in the first round when um, we already had a good running back. Um, number four in football quick hitters. Which player in fantasy do you already regret not targeting in your drafts and or auctions?
4: Okay, I'm so mad that I did not grab Darren Waller. Because if you watched him on Monday night, the entire offense, the entire Raiders offense is directed towards Darren Waller. He's on pace for 323 targets after week one. I mean, it's that would be a record. It's just ridiculous uh, how much... This this team runs through him and I, I had him a potential to get him in the second round and I passed on it, Dave. And man, I regret it.
3: It's there, there's a few out there. I mean, Terry McLaurin's a guy that I know you've mentioned, you know, the guy that I probably should have been a little higher on. I thought people were taking him because I love Terry McLaurin. But it's like all of a sudden like, he's like a you know second or third round pick. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, you can see why, though. You can see why. I think I probably should have had him a little higher on my boards. And I love Terry McLaurin. So what was I thinking there? The guy I jotted down that was Elijah Mitchell. I didn't see this coming at all. I never heard of him. Um, sixth round pick by the 49ers. And there were reports in camp that they liked him. You're thinking, okay, they... They like him, okay, sure, but they have Raheem Mostert, and then if something happens with Mostert, they'll just obviously go with Trey Sermon. Nope. They're going (laughs) they're going with Elijah Mitchell. Now things can change. I mean Trey Sermon started last year slow. He was the backup to Master Teague. Yeah. And did not look good at all to me, Trey Sermon. I remember saying he doesn't look like an Ohio State back at all. Doesn't break tackles, doesn't look that fast. By the end of the year, he was a beast. He was a beast at the all-time Ohio State rushing record against uh, Northwestern. It was so cool to see Travion Henderson have the third highest rushing total in Ohio State history. Behind only Trey Sermon and Eddie George yesterday. That was was awesome. But I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell. He just was not on my radar, and I regret that. All right, number five. What will end up happening with Deshaun Watson, Scotty? Do you think he will reconcile with the Texans? Will they trade him to another team? If it's the latter, who will get him? How much will they have to give up?
4: I don't think it's going to work out with the Texans. I don't think there's any way he plays another down with the Texans. To me, I think the Texans know this is a rebuilding year. They know that this is a year that's going to be a lost year. Um, and so I think they're going to wait. They're going to wait until a team is desperate enough that they need to get a quarterback and they are willing to give up what the Texans want, which is a ton of first round picks for him. And look, we know how awesome Deshaun Watson is on the field. Uh, So I think they're going to hold on to him, trade him. Look, it might take till the offseason to trade him, but I think they're probably going to end up with three
3: first round picks for him. Yeah, and they've said they want a combination of six players and or picks. Yeah. So if they get like three first round picks, then they're going to want like three of your decent players. They're not going to take on, you know, a player with a bad contract that um they don't really want. They want, you know, a total of six players, whether it's six draft picks or a combination of players and picks, which would probably would be that, it'd be a combination of players and picks. Um I agree with you. I think what the, what's going to happen here is um I do not think he's going to reconcile with the Texans. I think they're going to wait for the legal process to play out, which could be as simple as there's a settlement. I feel like that's reading between the lines we might be headed in that direction as opposed to a trial. We shall see. Initially, Deshaun Watson was just adamant. No, 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 no. Now it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Maybe his lawyers talk some sense into him there. Um, We'll see, though. When it's that many women, innocent until proven guilty, I get that. When it's that many women is where I'm like, come on, like, come on. That many women are making it up. So I think he's probably going to get suspended at some point by the NFL. And you don't have to be charged with the crime. i have seen it time and time again. Zeke, Big Ben, not charged with the crime, suspended by the NFL. I think they're going to wait for that to play out to see exactly how long he's suspended. And once that is resolved, there's going to be a trade at some point. I think it's going to be the Dolphins. There's just too much smoke there. And they've got the goods. I mean, if they, if the Texans are thinking they're not sold on Davis Mills, obviously Ty, Tyrod Taylor is a short term option. If they're not sold on Davis Mills, who they took out of Stanford in the third round, I could see them saying, give us Tua, give us a bunch of picks, give us a couple other players that are decent, and we'll give you Deshaun Watson. And if I'm the Dolphins, I'm like, let's do it. Now you got to get the legal stuff situated first, but. I would do that in a heartbeat.
4: That's a good call. I think the Dolphins are the team that makes the most sense, as you said. They have the ability to do it with the, with the number of picks that they have coming up. And you know, as far as Tua, I, boy, we've only, we've only seen him what eight nine games so far this year, or so far in his career. And I don't know if he's the guy. You know, he he just doesn't pop out as as you know, like Justin Herbert has or has uh, Joe Burrow. He just He's been serviceable, but I don't think he is that stud Super Bowl winning type quarterback. And so I think, yeah, the Dolphins it might make sense because around Tua, they've got a ton of
3: talent. They sure do. I mean, that team and they're so well coached. Brian Flores is a heck of a coach. He and then you usually get out that, uh, that Belichick tree. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. It looks like he's going to be the massive exception to that rule. That is a good team. Last year, remember, we all thought they'd go zero and sixteen, and they yes. were like a, actually a decent team. Yes. I mean, the Dolphins looked like they were trying to tank earlier, trading everybody, and they ended up being like, I mean, obviously they weren't good, but a lot better than people thought. All right, up next is Best Bets, where Scotty and I give our five favorite bets to make today against the spread in the NFL. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Sports conversation and sometimes pure stupidity. Awesome, funny, random. Your home of the Buckeyes, The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hi, On the money,
3: 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. It's our final segment of the show, and you know what that means. It's time for Best Bets. Hit it, Bodie.
1: It's time for Biddle and Scotty Vegas to fight to the death. It's time time for best Best Bets. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the
3: 5GT Mobile Network. This is where Scotty and I each make our five favorite bets to make today or tomorrow in the NFL against the spread. Scotty was 3-2 and in our opening week. I was 2-3, and so you have a lead on me just like that. Just like that. Right out of the gate, you got a game lead on me. All right, Scotty, what are your best bets for today or tomorrow?
4: All right, I am again going with the Steelers. This is my most confident one. They're giving six points uh, this week. That's a lot. But I think they cover uh, at home against the Raiders. So give me the Steelers as my first one. Number two, I'm taking a couple dogs here now. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins giving three and a half at home to the Bills. My third one, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers giving points at home, giving three and a half. Against the Saints. I know the Saints looked really good in week one. I think it's a little bit of a overreaction. Next, I am gonna go with the Chargers at home against the Cowboys. They are giving three. I think the Cowboys are a little beat up. I think that's gonna be tough, especially on defense. And then the last one, I'm gonna I should hold my nose and make this pick because I hate to do it. But I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. Giving six points at home against the 49ers. 49ers are a little beat up. I think the Jags can keep that within six, so that's my fifth pick.
3: All right. I have Patriots minus six is my first one. Patriots minus six. And then my next one is Bengals plus two and a half. It's dropped since then, but I locked this in yesterday. I have Bengals two and a half at the Chicago Bears. Next up, I have the Niners. Minus three against the Eagles at the Eagles, 49ers, laying three on the road, But and the Eagles did look good last week, but give me the 49ers minus three in that one. Number four for me, Cardinals, three and a half, they're favored by three and a half against the Vikings, but I'll lay the points there. I'll lay the three and a half. I like this Cardinal team. Vikings- I mean, they came back to put it into overtime. At one point, the Bengals were smacking them around. It was twenty-one to seven until Zach Taylor decided to go for it on his own thirty, up by fourteen, <laughs> and they got stuffed. They got the Vikings right back in the game. I was not impressed with what I saw out of the Vikings at all. Speaking of holding your nose here, let me hold my nose on this one. Fifth and final one for me: Steelers minus six against the Ravens. You had that one as well. Steelers minus six, not the Ravens, Raiders. Steelers minus six against the Raiders. Those are my five. Scotty, where's your Benjamin at today? Where is your $100 bet going today?
4: So as you know, Dave, obviously this is a big money-making day for football, I think. But I'm going to go with a sport that I have dominated lately, and that's golf. Golf betting so much so that the site actually doesn't let me do golf bets as (laughs) much anymore had to find a new one um but i am gonna go i think there's really good value in max homa winning today so i'm gonna take max homa at nine to one to win and how about by the way we got to talk about this because you and i we love betting tennis how about the fact that joker went down last week and you called it you you thought medvedev was going to be a lot for him to handle
3: I was happy about it. I didn't bet on it or anything like that, but I I thought that'd be a good match. I was happy. Yeah, Anthony was Rothman was happy. You were the only one that were that was not happy. about I know because
4: I like history. Everybody's rooting against Joker. You know, going for four slams in a row and you know the the year long grand slam it didn't happen i was rooting for yes the chest toss to hoping
3: medvedev he's too classy (laughs) i was hoping medvedev would do something that's just (laughs) that would have been a jerk move no i'm glad he didn't do that actually yeah i was happy that uh that medvedev pulled that out again like i told you that was the hardest i've rooted for a russian since panarin and bob when they were with the jackets i'm telling you ohio state akron next week what's the guest on the spread in this one i'm thinking like what like 40 yeah yeah
4: yeah. i think we're we're probably in the 40 territory we were at what 25 with with tulsa so yeah i'm i'm in the the 40 territory and you know i got to send out a big happy birthday to my daughter autumn vegas turning eight today so big party we're gonna be partying it up and watching football
3: i love it autumn autumn vegas autumn pro cop happy birthday to you perfect name too autumn baby born in autumn love it love it love it all right Well, that is our show for today. We will be with you every Sunday from 9 until 11 a.m. talking fantasy football and sports gambling and football in general. For Scotty Vegas and producer Bodie Wells, I am Dave Biddle. Thanks again for making us a part of your Sunday morning and enjoy the rest of your day. I know you will with all the NFL games today. In fact, up next here on The Fan, pregame coverage of the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. This has been On The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: We know you're listening to The Fan on Saturday, and now you have no reason not to listen on Sunday. Your central Ohio home for the Browns, The Fan.
3: This is Mike Rosati inviting you to our open house today from 11 to 3. We'd love the opportunity
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,